Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast where I'm joined this week by Mark Krosky and Liz Batchelor. Now before we get into the racing where we'll be covering four of the main ITV races at Newbury for Lockinch weekend, let's see how everyone is. Mark, how are things going? You been around my house today? Yeah, came down at Loader's new house, went out for a nice lunch and then we done our brains in at the racing so... Not being so good, um, York was quite challenging, but uh, just jumped on the call. Liz, we're having a look at the uh, the Racing Creeps Twitter page, having a right good laugh. Whoever's behind that page, I salute you. Absolute genius. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, the Jurgen Klopp uh, ringer, amazing. And the, what's the other one? The Jimmy Savile one's a belter as well, isn't it, Liz? Well, has that been the highlight of your, of your week, Liz? Getting on Racing Creeps? Well, that was back in April, but uh, yeah, I think I think it's probably one of my Twitter highlights getting on Racing Creeps, you know? Yeah, so if anybody doesn't know about this, Twitter handle, at Racing Creeps, check it out. It's absolutely fantastic banter, you'll love it. Yeah, def- definitely the place to go if you're, if you're one of those people. But you don't want to end up on that page, and I can confirm that me and Loda are not on this page. Yeah, well, maybe if we uh, start getting getting the selfies out, then uh, who knows, we, we might get a few a few fans. Anyway, enough of a distraction uh, with racing creeps. Let's get into the racing then. As I said, we're going to preview four of the main races at Newbury on Saturday. And the first race we're going to look at is the 135 at Newbury. Quite an interesting race. A few unexposed types in here. Maybe a few in here that maybe have hit their peaks. Uh, But how did you see this one, Mark? I thought it was quite competitive. And I have came down on Aidan O'Brien's Caramosta. Um, 135 behind New York City last time out in Navin. I think that was a solid effort. It can be competitive here. It was more fancy. It was 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 one of the more fancy Aidan O'Brien runners last time out. Just beaten behind Perfect Power in the Norfolk, and that form has been frank since. Expecting a big run here. I think it's solid each way. It's currently around eight to one, nine to one, best price available. Yeah, I should just say at the time of recording, we are uh, doing this podcast on Wednesday, so we might not, he might not get declared, but um, yeah, if, if he's um, maybe even a couple of points shorter, you'd still be quite keen on him. Yeah, yeah, I think this one's got a massive chance. I think all of Eden's have a massive chance. Um, I don't think all of them are turn up, so that's quite a good point as well. Maybe just hold off until the day to see what's fully declared. Okay, uh, wise uh, words there from Mark. And how about you, Liz? Uh, how did you see this one? Um, I've gone for the other O'Briens um, of New York City, actually. Um, so, yeah, just reverse everything that Mark said. But, um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I do fancy the chances more of New York City. Um, he's on a three-timer based more on his last run um, at Nevan in April, um, where he beat two of his stable mates, Calamosto being into third and King of Bavaria into fourth. Um, King of Bavaria is actually running tomorrow. He's been declared tomorrow at York in the 410, which is a listed race where he's currently 13 to eight favourite, I think. Um, in that race, going back to New York City, in that race um, at Nirvana, he made all and he won quite readily, I thought, in the end. Um, he's been out as a two-year-old five times over a mixture of five and six furlongs. But the way that he stays on in his races suggests that six furlongs are probably a better trip for him. Um, Yeah, he's now won twice as a three-year-old. So ground won't be an issue. And he's got entries into the Irish 2,000 guineas and the Kingstown Stakes at Royal Ascot in June. Um, It's currently 7-2, I think, which I think is pretty decent. Yeah, he's definitely an interesting horse. He's actually a full brother to Invincible Army, who's been a a good horse over the last uh, few years. 
the, the James Tate, you know, so he's got the right pedigree for it. Uh, I think he's running about seven to two chance at the moment. So yeah, he's got obvious appeal there. It doesn't look that competitive out, out with the O'Brien runners, does it? No, no. The the one I think the, I w- I would make a slight case for that you haven't spoken about is hierarchy for Kieran Fallon and and Hugo Palmer. I thought you might have just needed to run last time out. Pine go bears go. Who I do think um, could have a live chance if if he goes down the Commonwealth Cup uh, route. Uh, I think uh, he had a lot of useful form from last season. Uh, Kieran Fallon's already jocked up, and you're getting eleven to two about him. I, I think um, if this race cuts up, I think he'll be n- n- nearly favourite. Maybe vying it out with maybe New York City or maybe one of the A No Brian runners. I don't. I think this could be quite a tight bet in heat. Uh, but he he would be the way I play. So how strong do you think he'd be on the day, New York City? This depends. If he if he does get declared, I'm seeing maybe around about the nine to four mark. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's if you you listen to this and you still get the seven to two, maybe it's worth getting stuck in there. So, uh, Aino Brian's uh, pair are well fancied here. Uh, Liz likes New York City. Mark likes Kadamosto, and I'll give a favourable mention to Hierarchy. So that's the Carnarvon Stakes covered. The next race we're going to look at is the two ten. It's the Alrayan Stakes, and this looks. Uh, pretty competitive stuff. I thought you could make a case in here for quite a few, but uh, where did your pin land, Liz? It's landed on Idarab. Um, I think he possibly needed his last run. Um, he was here again at Newbury um, in April in another Group 3, where he's beaten the favourite. He came fourth behind Max Vega, Raymond Tuscan, Stowell. Um, he wasn't the quickest away, and he seems to do that a fair bit, and he lost third in the final strides. Um, it will be his fifth time at Newbury, and his form reads here at two wins, a third and a fourth. He clearly doesn't have a problem with either the distance or the ground, and William Haggis has quite a good season so far with a 35% strike rate. Um, I think he could be a good double for him with maybe Baid in the lock-in, which, we'll probably talk about, which I know we'll talk about later. Yeah, he was a progressive horse last year, stepping out of um, stepping out of handicap um, company. And yeah, you like to think that uh, he could definitely run well. Um, how about you though, Mark? How did you see this? Obviously, eight runners, so you've got the each away angle here. It's very interesting. All course winners, five out of the eight are course and distance winners here, so it's massively competitive. Bav came down on the bottom one, Simon Crisford and Adriana Adsini without a fight. Downing grade from two previous runs, or previous runs in Maidan, close second behind Hookham. I think that's pretty good form. Stables, runners, they're, they're running okay. They've got a 16% strike rate, three from 19. I think this is a massive step down in class. Prior to going out to Maidan, uh, beat Foxtail by two and a half lengths. Made all very comfortably at Newmarket. Um, but yeah, I think this one's going to run, run a big race. I don't think it, this, it's a tricky race. It's not one I'd go massive on, but we'll go for without a fight um, in the each way market. Yeah, okay. So without a fight, then it is for Mark. Uh, Liz uh, quite likes the chances of Villarab. I don't really have an opinion on this. I thought Ashada was interesting uh, with the Phillies allowance. Uh, won the Phillies and Mares on Champions Day last year. Uh, and I thought maybe she, she could be the, the way to play. But yeah, quite a tricky little race. 
But uh, yeah, that, that's our thoughts there on the, on the 210. We then move to the 245, uh, which is the Bet Victor London Gold Cup. This is a race that's thrown out some good horses uh, in the last few years. Headman won this for Roger Charlton a couple of years ago. It's normally a horse. Um, the, 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 it's normally a horse that wins this can go on to bigger and better things. It's normally a, a group horse in a handicap, and I think that's the way we want to be looking here. But um, Mark, did you have a strong opinion on this race? Quite like um, Savvy Victory, Reimer takes the right. I think it was a bit a bit of an eye-catcher for me last time out in the Chester Vaz. Changing of the guard on the business there. It was very comfortable. Um, can be competitive of 91. Ultra-consistent sort. One, it's made in very comfortably at Pontefract. I mean, I think off, off 91, surely this, this can be competitive. I think the top one's handicapped out of it. Um, I think Izar could be interesting, the gods in Yard of Flying. I like Savvy Victory, fan of the trainer as well. Um, only ran 10 days ago, so hopefully that hasn't had too much of an impact. Only have nine stone. Booking a Ryan Moore is obviously an eye catcher, so I'll go ahead. Yeah, Sean Wood has done very well since he's come back from Hong Kong. The Yard have gone pretty well as well. At the time of recording, they're operating at 36% strike rate. Savvy Victory, obviously, was maybe a little bit outclassed last time at Chester, but. The drop down in class, the drop back in trip to ten furlongs. Got very close to the Godolphin, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, you might uh, put up a, a better show in here. How about you though, Liz? Um, who did you like in the London Gold Cup? So I found this race actually a difficult one, and I always tend to get drawn into like proper stats and to races like these. But then I looked at them, and then I I drew a bit bit of a blank where right? <laughs> to. So the last nine runs, anything from still one to still fourteens one, and prices have ranged from eleven to four to twenty five to one. Um, I don't win. I know because it's Wednesday. We don't know the draw yet, but I've, I've gone for Austrian theory. Um, now he he hasn't won since his maiden last June, but he's been running in group company, and his best coming. In, a third in Group 2 last July. His last couple of races this year being a listed company where he's come three of six and four of four. Um, so he's handicapping for the first time and and as top weight. But I just think he's due a win and handicapping might be his thing. Yeah, definitely. Maybe just um, stepping down in, down in class here might suit him. So um, Liz and Mark quite like the horses that have maybe sh already shown their hands and, and stepping back in company. I quite like... The chances, though, of Israel. I know Mark gave a mention for this one. Jim Crowley, John and Thady Gosden's runner. Uh, lovely pedigree by Muharal out to Gruda for ran a decent race off a mark of 89 where he probably just needed it on a seasonal reappearance in a race I think that's going to work out quite well. I think I've seen Educator with a few entries uh, coming out. High Fibre as well. I think that there were a couple of nice horses there off a mark of 89. I, I think this horse could have a few pounds in hand and by, by, by uh, looking at his pedigree he, he suggests that uh, he, he could definitely have a lot more to come and I, I think he, he could be a good thing here um, so yeah he, he's one of my stronger fancies of the of the weekend and he probably would be my nap for Saturday so that's uh, Israel for me uh, Liz likes Mark Johnston's uh, Austrian Fairy and Mark is quite keen on the chances of uh, Savvy Victory of outrunning his odds we then go to the Lockinge uh, which is the feature race uh, on Newbury's two-day meeting is the Alcabab Lockinge Stakes Group 1 contest and we see the return of the highly anticipated unbeaten Baid. He's quite short price. He's 4-9, he's but he deserves to be. Um, obviously, this will hopefully be uh, maybe all roads to uh, to Royal Ascot and the Queen Anne if he goes on to win this. 
Uh, Liz, uh, Baid, obviously, very impressive last year. Do we think he's going to do it again, or is there anything that maybe a bit of a price that maybe we could uh, get stuck into and take him on with? Uh, no, I'm sticking with Baid. If he doesn't win, then I, I'm going to quit Twitter. There you go. Um, that's, that's a steam, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, to be honest, I'm a bit glad I'm not going. That I'm not going. Newbury is my local track. It's only down the road. But um, yeah, I'm not. But yeah, he's special, isn't he? I'm beating in six. Last seen at Champions Day in October, I beat Palace Pier, which which was a thrilling race. Um, William Haggis has said that they've been planning the lock-in for him for a while, um, and he hasn't had any. Any issues and seems a perfect race to start him in. Um, he went on to say that they're still figuring out what his best distance is. Obviously, he's bred to go a bit further. Um, but he also said that, yeah, he's in good condition and, and he looks and seems well. So I can't really praise him enough. So, yeah, I'm Team Baid all the way. Yeah, Baid's actually got quite an interest in pedigree. He's actually a full brother to to Hookham, who's a smart horse for Owen Burrow. So, yeah, m- maybe he could get a, a little bit further in time and he's probably going to do all his best work later and I think by he is quite hard to oppose but I know Mark from speaking to you earlier that uh, you might have found a couple of angles in here maybe maybe uh, that could finish second to him maybe worth an each way play I don't want Liz to delete her account though so I'm not sure if I want to put these selections up <laughs> but yeah I thought there was value potentially taking Bide on here I think he's, he's going to hack up or he, I think you blow up he might be out of the place this year at a solid at a silly price Two that I like against the favourite each way. His first one is Real World, solid juvenile form. Um, I think he can put it up to the favourite. It's course and distance form. I think this one's overpriced on eight to one. Looks solid. And one at a price as well. Ralph Beckett's new mandate twenty five to one. Again, highly tried juvenile. Ran at Keeneland in the Breeders' Cup juvenile. It was fancied on that occasion. Frankie was on board eleven to two. Well beaten behind Creative Force in the Jersey Stakes. Um, Got, got his head in front last time at Ascot and Listed Company. I think this one's a massive price, uh, 25 to 1. And obviously, take advantage of any each way um, additional places. But yeah, I think he's around the 49 mark. I think he's a bit short. Uh, I think there's value taking him on in each way market. Okay, so maybe just could be the lack of a run, maybe could get him beat. I think new mandate 25 to 1 is massive. Mm, interesting thoughts there from Mark. I don't really have an opinion on this race. I can see the case. I think maybe Real World is interesting coming back here. Um, was very progressive last year for for Saibin and We might not have seen the best of him yet. But yeah, Liz thinks Bide is uh, going to win this. Uh, I don't really have a strong opinion. And you like uh, Real World and New Mandate. So that's our thoughts then on Newbury. Uh, also as well, we were just having a, a quick word off air about Eurovision. Uh, I think, Mark, you, you have uh, one of the better bets of the weekend there in Eurovision. Well, if you want to have a fast track to getting your account closed, ha- have the lot on Ukraine. There are 1.7 on the exchange and now 1.58. Surely they're 101. I mean, I'm looking at the UK right now. They're 8.4. They're a bit short. No one gives us points. Surely the Ukraine are a good thing here. Surely the bet is us to get Neil Poir. Yeah, exactly. Who gives the UK votes? No one. They could be a place late in the five market, the UK. What price are they? They're 1.6 not to be in the five. That's probably the value bet, is it not? But Ukraine, yes, yeah, nearly 4 million matched in the market right now. 1.58. Okay, so it sounds like Ukraine uh, are going to win. Liz. Maybe the nap. Yeah, Liz, did you, did you have any thoughts on Eurovision? Well, I did, but then I found out that they got kicked out, and that was Austria. It was a proper like Eurovision 
yeah, Euro dance track, which I thought was a was a bag of tunes. Is it on YouTube? We put a link into it. Yeah, I think it is. It was decent, but yeah, they got kicked out last night in the semi-finals apparently, so uh, they're definitely not winning. Oh uh, well, maybe horses might get on a little bit better. Fingers crossed. It's quite a strange market, isn't it? I wonder if there's any bad each ways you take advantage of, but. Uh, uh, who knows? It's always a lottery to me. Sweden always. Poland, the 60 probably could be a bet, could they not? Uh, maybe. Who knows? Anyway, that that's enough on Eurovision. This is a <laughs> this is a horse racing podcast. So we're getting carried away, aren't we? Yeah, we are getting a bit carried away. But yeah, thanks uh, for listening once again, uh, listeners. Uh, hopefully, Liz and Mark have pointed you in the right direction of some winners. Also, as well, remember to subscribe to us on all the major podcast platforms. We're available on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple. Also, as well, you can follow us on socials where we're at Twitter and Instagram at In the Saddle Podcast. Thanks again to Liz and Mark for giving up their time. Please gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon.